Welcome to Movie Time Machine, your retro movie review and pop culture podcast, where we review movies from the past and chat about them now, I guess, the present. Uh, I am one of your hosts, James, and uh, my other host today is... Jamie! And we like to call this episode, Oops, All James! Oops, All James. <laughs> Two James don't make a right. Well, I think in, in today's circumstance, it, hopefully it does make a right, so... Uh, no, uh, I'm excited about this, Jamie. Like, we're just kind of winging it with a couple different topics of conversation we were going to get into today. Uh, so, uh, first and foremost, let's just get into, hey, what have you been watching lately? Like, what have you been falling asleep to, Jamie? Great, great question. I've literally been falling asleep to this show this week. I think because I'm so tired. The show's phenomenal. I, I think I've mentioned before that I started Euphoria, um, Maybe yes, you heard did it. mention it. I, I have a few friends that started it. I believe the quote was, uh, it was like one friend to another friend that was watching it. When does all the raping stop? <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, ugh, I don't know about this show. But um, but they've said all good things about the show in general. Just, you know, getting past that, you know, situation or uh, writing of the show, I guess. Correct. There's definitely some of that there. Each episode kind of feels like, I would call it a social horror movie, but I think it's more anxiety inducing. It's very good. I can see why it's captured a generation. Um, the Gen Zers love this show. I, for the most part, think it's great. There, there's, there was one, I had one nitpick. There was in episode two, the principal is trying to get some information out of one of the characters and she kind of twists it on him and makes him apologetic. I, my dad was a principal. I just don't see him caving that easily too, but this is, you know, <laughs> Or his peers, for that matter. But you know, there's some exaggerations here. This this show is for the teens, so I'm not going right, to audience. Was Jamie's dad truly a principal, or was he just found himself in the principal's office quite often? You be the decider there, or both, or <laughs> so. both. It could be both there. Um, Jamie, just give me a quick rundown, I guess, of what the show is about. Because I guess my only Cliff Notes version is teenagers and drugs. Is that about right? That's right. So you haven't seen any of it yet. I, I'm, I'm not, I, yeah, I'm blind to it. Um, I just know Zendaya's in it, and I've just heard good things. Yeah, so she's the main character. Her name is Rue, and she um, went through some family trauma, which you kind of find it all unfolds kind of as the show progresses. But basically, it starts with, I think, with Rue getting really high. And she's, she's an addict, talks about that um, and that relationship and how it's crumbled between her mom and her sister. Um, it's mostly teenage girls um, in high school and, you know, teenage boys as well. But the main focus seems to be Rue and her group of friends, at least through the first two episodes. And okay. just kind of, it's an exaggerated version of high school. Like there's this high school party that's completely out of control and um, some more R rated behavior that. It, it almost makes you wonder, like, wow, was this stuff going on in um, in high school or and I just didn't know about it or, you know, so I, I think it is exaggerated, but I think it is actually happening in some places. Anyway, it could be a great topic for us another time. I love hearing about uh, Chad's take on high school stuff like Wounded Romeo and Michelle and even Casey's. <laughs> but like to your point, Jamie, like when I see even in TV shows and movies when high school is being depicted about, yeah, like you said, like a rated R high school party. I'm like, and I'm pretty positive. I was not invited to those parties, nor do I know. I think they really existed. I think it's probably really exaggerated yeah. on there, but I don't know. I think I was very much approved to a lot of things going on where uh, 
it took me till my mid twenties to go, Oh my God, pretty woman. That is not a movie I should have been watching in elementary school. <laughs> Did you know she was a prostitute? I, oh. when she was handing out condoms. I thought she was handing out those suckers you used to get when you got your haircut. Those little like ring pop ones. Wait, you got free ring pops at your haircuts? Well, it wasn't like ring pops, but you know, it was like, it, it's like a cheap sucker. But I think instead of like uh, the stick hand, it was like a, it was like a paperish ring. Oh, I follow. Maybe? Oh, okay. Follow. Something like that. Like, but it was flat. It wasn't like straight up ring pops. That would have been pretty sweet too. I, I think that would have definitely sealed the deal for going there all the time as a child. But yeah, great clips was Sorry, not back bringing to euphoria. the condom <laughs> Back to euphoria. <laughs> so the last thing I'll say is that what makes it different from um, other shows on TV and why I think it's really cool um, and kind of has its own space is there's the music in the show and um, I just the colors, the uh, the scenes that they have. You feel like you're having. A, a drug trip through some of the episodes, just the way that they present the information in front of you on the screen. It's very, very cool. Unlike anything I've seen on TV. So I think for that reason alone, you should check it out, James, because okay. it's definitely doing its own thing. No, that's awesome. No, I, I'm enjoying a lot of the content that HBO um, has been putting out. And actually now that I think about, as I say that out loud, I'm like, is it stuff they've been putting out that's new or just stuff that I'm finding now that I have HBO that is old. Um, but I guess I'm not going as far back as rewatching The Sopranos or anything like that. Um, I'm doing my, that too. <laughs> nice. Good for you. Yeah. Um, my, uh, well, I started, or I debated doing that because um, I wanted to watch, uh, I don't want to even say get caught up, but I felt like, am I going to miss something in um, Many Saints of Newark uh, if I didn't watch Sopranos again? And I decided, I was like, it's such a prequel. Like there's, probably just people's names that I would hear and be like, Oh yeah, Polly, like, or like, which, like, Oh, which character was this? That like, if I was like really avid into the show, like of the diehard guys, I'm sure that they caught on to little clues of things, but nothing they would really take from away from the story. So I didn't go all the way through Sopranos again, but, but you have um, seen it all the way through once, once. Okay. Yes. One time. And so, and it, I mean, at, that was an amazing show. I think that, uh, that's one of those shows where if you do top 10 shows of all time, it definitely makes the cut in there with like some other shows that everybody always talks about that I haven't seen, I guess would be the wire. Um, I hear is amazing. Yep. And then, um, but uh, whenever you hear about Sopranos or best shows, you, um, I guess like the wire and breaking bad, um, like always gets like into that mix. And I think Yellowstone more currently is one of those ones that, are making it into the mold. So I guess just really organized crime is what we're talking about here. Yeah. <laughs> Makes for good television. Um, currently I'm, uh, just finished the mentalist, uh, all seven seasons and, uh, very, yeah, I don't know. I recommend it. If you're in for a detective show, that's kind of on the page of Sherlock where somebody's noticing all the little details and is quick and witty. That's kind of the show for you. Uh, it's been, a, it's, I don't think it's been on TV for a while. I think it ended in like 2014. Who's um, the main character on that show? And of course, I'm gonna for the actress his names. Actor. Well, the actress is Robin Tooney. You know her from Empire Records. She's the one who shaved her head. Um, or the Craft. She was the new girl witch. Oh yes. Okay. Um. So, I yeah, it's actually interesting seeing her in this role since I I feel like those are the two main movies I think of her from, or can even off the top of my head think of her in right now. Um. And then of course I don't know. It's like she. 
uh, grew up, did a bunch of other stuff, and then came back as this like hotshot detective in this show. And I don't know, she's very likable and just kind of crushes it. So, and then the the main guy who is like the mentalist, Simon Baker. Um, and the only thing I know him from was in the Devil Wears Prada. He's like the cool guy trying to help Anne Hathaway out and ends up sleeping <laughs> with her at some point. Um, and like where you don't know if he's supposed if he is a if he is a nice guy or if he is just this devious guy trying to get in her pants. I think towards the end of the movie, we realize, well, I don't know if that was his end goal, but it worked out well because he's smooth. So I don't know. But yeah, the cast is a lot of fun. Uh, and then I just started uh reacher on amazon uh which did you watch blue mountain state yes i uh, did not, not the whole thing but uh, enough like, to, yeah yeah to get the, the main yeah. the main the main huge football character uh like i can't even think remember his name is like tad or taz or tan um he's in this, yeah like just the huge guy like and he plays jack reacher and so i'm so used to seeing him in that where he's just this like off the wall like Muppet basically and is and is really funny and you can't take him seriously and then now he's in this role where he's I mean he has his own funny quips but he's nothing but serious and everybody's like treats him like he's a giant because he's supposed to be 6'5 and 250 or whatever as Jack Reacher in the books I guess is so but um so far uh again I guess I go I just leave from one cop show to the next where he's another person like he plays kind of a detective type guy he isn't one um, but he is uh, trying to investigate a murder and he just picks up on all the details of things. And then also in turn, he's this huge guy that if anybody tries to wail on him, it doesn't go well. So, uh, so far, I mean, I'm definitely enjoying it. I'm assuming they're going to probably have a part two to this cause it's on Amazon. So um, I would assume that it has gone quite well. Uh, but uh, if I, my understanding is right, Jack Reacher has a bunch of books uh, out there uh, or the character does. Uh, so I'm guessing that they could do this for some time and I'm guessing each season would probably be based on, you know, one of the books yeah, each season. So good on Amazon for uh, finding more thing, more, I don't want to say original content, but you know, something out there that hasn't been seen. I think last time we saw Jack Reacher, it was Tom Cruise and everybody was upset because Jack Reacher is supposed to be like six, five and Tom Cruise is five, four. So didn't really play too well. Yeah, I, I heard that was behind some of all the commentary on his height in the new show. Yeah, which and that's the thing. And I, I don't care. I've said it before. I love Tom. I love his crazy. And if he wants to own playing this badass guy and we can get past the height because they cast everybody else in the show, that's also five, three, five, two. Good. <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be a funny film to watch as the director who's like six foot going. I don't I'm not buying it, but we'll zoom in and we're going to make it work. I'm pretty sure Frodo is the same height as Ian McKellen, too. Just kidding. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I'm right um, there with you on Tom Cruise, just for the record. I think he's a phenomenal actor. Anything he's in, I'm down for. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. I Everything he does, I find enjoyable, like, or something along with it. And then more so recently, like, it is funny, because I never really thought of him as an action star. Like, I don't think of him as the Stallone or the... Arnold Schwarzenegger as we did in the nineties um, for like action stars. But as you kind of go through his rap sheet of movies, like, yeah, after Jerry Maguire, he really has only done a lot of action stuff uh, lately. And I don't know, I, everything he's done uh, for me is a lot of fun. So I enjoy him. Um, yes. How about Oscar movies? Like what have you been, uh, have you been uh, working down your best picture nominations? Have you completed the list? Like 
How far are you down the 10? Great question, James. Here is where we stand. So for those of you keeping score at home, the best picture nominees are there's 10 of them. There's Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And I have seen Don't Look Up, Dune, Nightmare Alley, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So halfway through. How are you doing, James? I'm doing pretty good. I'll go with what I haven't watched yet. So I haven't done Drive My Car. I know it just showed up on HBO, but man, three and a half hours in subtitles. Like, I just need to get past that part of it and mentally and then typically when i watch a subtitle movie like if i like the first 10 minutes are me kind of griping about it and then as soon as i can get into the story then i'm then i'm in and it's fine but it's always it's always a chore for me to do it uh which i don't like i need to get past that um phobia so sorry drive my car i have not watched i have not watched coda yet uh and i haven't watched hold on wait for it Belfast, sorry. Uh, Belfast, I hadn't seen yet either, which I believe I'm going to try to make an effort to rent it tomorrow. Nice. I really wanted to see that one too. And I, I'm worried about Coda because I don't know how many people have Apple TV Plus, and that's like the only place that is. So I was going to ask you about that. Oh, like I had a buddy that, um, you know, he bought an iPad, had like six month subscription or something. So I borrowed his stuff to watch uh, that Tom Hanks movie about the robot, uh, Finch. Yeah, uh, so I watched that, and then I was just curious. I'm like, I wonder if he bought in or left it. So I just kind of checked it, and he didn't. He canceled it after the you know its trial run. Uh, so I didn't know. I'm like, man, am I gonna be able to watch this without doing a subscription, or am I gonna have to pay the whatever it is to watch this? Which is, I mean, I guess in theory it's fine. Like it's probably just as much as renting a movie on Vudu at this point, or maybe a little bit more. If I figure it out, I'll send you my password. Because because <laughs> <laughs> it is going unwatched in my house. So then someone will at least watch it. Yeah, I did the free trial thing and then they got me. I haven't canceled it yet. I I wanted to watch Ted Lasso. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As one does. I have, I have that's another one I've yet to start. Yeah, it's great. I highly recommend it. Once once I give you my info, uh, <laughs> have at it. You, do you want it like just look it up and let me know um right here on the pod uh if it, that's comfortable for you just kidding yeah my email um, is yeah <laughs> um of the ones that you have seen like uh like not the what what do you think's gonna win what do you was uh like a give me a couple of what you your favorites were of the best picture nominations this year okay i'm so glad you asked because i'm gonna ask you the same question um i have not seen one that i disliked yet so that is a great sign i think Dune is still my front runner. That was the one that right after I saw it, I saw that one in the theater and immediately I came home and watched it again that same day on HBO max. Oh, um, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I loved it. I loved the, the scenery, the, the acting, the music, the sounds. I, I just, I wanted to be right back on Arrakis as soon as possible. So gotcha. <laughs> I, I, did you read the books or anything beforehand? No, it's like been sitting on my shelf for years. I bought it years ago and I haven't read it. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Did you did you see? I know I, you saw Dune, but where's yeah, where so, is it among your list? So I haven't read the books. I did see Dune and uh, it's definitely one of those. Uh, uh, God, that director, um, Dennis Villeneuve. I'm not going to be able to say Bellinview. I'm not gonna be able to say that right. Um, but uh, man, like uh, he uh, 
he's someone to look out for. He's a force. Like uh, I just remember watching Blade Runner 2049 and just thinking like th- that movie was incredible to me. And uh, this one still had that, you know, similar feel as far as the sci-fi world goes. And uh, um, him just creating these new worlds. Like uh, I was ever so excited to hear that, uh, like, especially when it ended, I, I guess I never realized that it was going to be a part one and a part two. And then, uh, of course, after it ends, and I'm like, okay, so when the first, so instead of me rewatching it like you did, I instantly went on the internet and was like, when's the next one coming out? Which at the time it was, they didn't know if they were going to make it because they didn't know if it was going to be worth it or make them enough money or I'm not sure. So I've, I'm so happy that they have committed to part two because I would have been very, very pissed off if they just left it at part one. So I uh, really enjoyed Dune. Um, as far as the best picture, like that caught me off. Uh, like I didn't know that would have been. Uh, nominated choice for this because it just seems so out of the norm for the academy to do uh you know a new sci-fi movie i guess it's not newer they did in the 80s but uh to bring kind of a a sci-fi movie to uh the academy best picture stuff because if i was thought anybody had a chance i thought interstellar would have had the chance um to be a little bit more involved in that so i don't know i'm happy to see that they're kind of you know, with the new 10 nominees rather than five, like some of these other movies that wouldn't have made it, made it on, make it on here. Like, I think what was the argument like 10 years ago was in like dark Knight. Everybody was furious. Cause they're like, how is this not in there? Um, and I think if it, there was 10 nominations, like there is now, I think there's several movies that would have made the cut into these uh, that had it in the past. So um, wasn't that the movie that changed it? Because it wasn't the year after it, the year that they expanded the list. That sounds right. Yeah. So I, you might be onto something with that. So uh, I'm not sure. Because there's definitely movies in here where you uh, like now you see like even Nightmare Alley. It definitely doesn't seem like a best picture type movie uh, to make the cut. But that's why I think with the 10, like it allows us to get in here and at least um, start the conversation uh, about them where like they might uh, be able to get in there, I guess. And in years past, like would Parasite have made the cut of ten, uh, if there wasn't ten, uh, and even win? You know what I mean. So I'm not sure. Uh, my favorite one on the list so far this year uh, is just, or the most enjoyable one to me was Don't Look Up. Um, I just thought that mm-hmm. was a really, really fun movie. Also, I'm a sucker for. I know Sorkin didn't write this movie; he didn't have any part of it. But like the quick witty banner reminded me of a Sorkin movie, and so. Um, I, yeah, I really like this Adam McKay movie. I thought it was a lot of fun and I, I love how it's like depicted as true events that possibly could happen. <laughs> like, yeah. And uh, like, as I'm, watching the movie, I'm like, God, I could totally see all this happening. Like, it's just a big joke. It, I mean, they played off as a big joke in the movie, but like, there's no scenario where I couldn't see a lot of these different things happening. <laughs> so I don't well, know. It was a lot of fun. For me. And that one's brilliant too, because I mean, it's, it's mostly about climate change, but it could, it could be anything like any divisive issue or any scientific threat that people are not paying attention to. And you could apply it to that movie. That's, that's why part of the reason I think why it works so well, you know, is yeah, for sure. it could be, yeah, it could be anything that people are just too disinterested in or too busy for and are focusing on their own nonsense. And yeah, I, I really like that too. I was nervous at first because the critics panned it. I think everyone thought that he was being too cute or talking down or something like that, but I didn't get that at all. I thought, Oh no. Yeah. I thought, I, I thought they I'm took something you. that it was like, basically they took something that we couldn't control. Uh, like it, like the, the media or whatnot. 
and then put it through a bunch of different situations of, okay, how can we fix this, help this, save this? What's the best situations? And then how, as a, as a people, we talk ourselves out of it because we're like, or we could do this and make a bunch of money. <laughs> or, I don't know. Like, it's just, I don't know. It was a lot of, I thought it was a lot of fun and I thought it was really well done um, and put in such a way, like you said, like you could put it, um, put those laid plans towards a lot of different events. And I think they would play out very similarly. So I don't know, a lot of fun there. Agreed. And uh, I, I was doing some research while you were doing, it was the dark night because the next, that was 2008. Okay. That was your slumdog millionaire one. I love that movie. Um, oh, I, I don't think I've seen that since I saw it in the theater. I love that movie too. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cause and then also 2009 the best song that year, Jai Ho. Was it? I think so. At least it was up for it for sure. God, I love that. Because I had no, I had no Bollywood frame of reference. So I remember when the credits rolled, I was like, "What is happening?" But yeah, I, I, had, you know, I was into it. I was, was like, really into Bollywood awesome. at that time. <laughs> okay, I had a friend that was really into Bollywood at the time. So like when that happened, like I think like probably a couple months earlier, I watched my first full length Bollywood movie, Om Shante Om. Uh, I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. Um, which was the movie was a lot of fun. And uh, then all of a sudden that happened. And yeah, like I lost my mind because uh, I thought and then, of course, uh, Jai Ho makes it on like every party mix after that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, such a good song. Um, yeah, because oh, nine, that was the year the Hurt Locker won that because Avatar was nominated mm. and Glorious Bastards up up in the air. And others. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, man. that was the one that was the straw that broke the. Oscar Camelback, Oscar so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> did you, uh, so did you, in your list, did you say you watched West Side Story? I did. Um, yeah, Casey and I talked a bit about it on the last musical oh, episode, but we have not talked about it. Um, have you seen it yet? Yeah, I actually just watched it a few days ago. Oh, give me your take. I'll keep it brief because I already said my piece, but my short and sweet. I loved it. I couldn't believe that this was Spielberg's first musical. And I, I liked it way more than I was expecting to. I thought everyone was awesome. Oh, God, I didn't even think about it in the aspect of it being his first musical and how, yeah, like now, as you said it out loud, how uh, the, just a whole new um, side of difficulties that could have brought. Uh, no, I just, uh, I love the, see, I love the original. Like, uh, I own it I love and the music. Like, and so as soon as the music even just started, yeah, like, I was like, uh, I was like all in. And of course there's even songs in there that I hadn't thought about in a while that show up and like, I'm like already know the song. So I thought it was a lot of fun. I think the best part for me was it, um, it felt very true to um, like the sixties version. Like it felt like even the scenes were different. Like they changed some casting calls of like who's saying what and like where things were taking place. But even just, I don't know how to put this, the coloring, the lighting, the way the shots were framed, like it was, it seemed very, very, well done to me um it was uh really enjoyable so i i like that one uh, that's definitely one i will um i will be watching again probably within the next year uh just just for funsies definitely yeah i um, i'm right there guess, with you i guess the only thing i um and i know they need some names in like it like all movies they need some names to get to draw our attention but maybe west side story was enough uh but i uh the main character, like, uh, what's his name? Ansel Engard? Uh, I forget. Ansel Elgort? Yeah. Baby driver? Like, I, I, yeah. Sorry. That's a thing. So, like, <laughs> that guy, like, I haven't, I don't like nor dislike him. The only thing I actually have liked him in, though, it was 
Baby Driver, and it, it felt really weird casting to me uh, that um, it seemed like a lot of the other characters, uh, besides like the main detectives and stuff, uh, I didn't really recognize or even Maria was brand new to everything. Um, like they auditioned however many girls and she landed the part. Uh, so it's kind of strange to me that they didn't do a new Tony, but I guess maybe that's the draw. We need somebody um, that's not quite heartthrob, but a face we recognize to kind of get us also into our seats. So I don't know. I thought that was just a I agree. I, I did a little bit of reading and I think he was Spielberg's pick. Like, okay. I, I think and I'm like guessing every, everybody else is cast around him. I think so. And he was the one who Spielberg was like, I want Ansel Elgort. If what I read was correct. Well, so. that, and that makes sense. Like, I feel like each director has their, not necessarily muse, if you will, but like if he, like, let's say it was baby driver, I'm sure it was something definitely smaller that Spielberg caught him in and was like, yep, that's the guy I want. And it worked. I mean, and don't get me wrong. He had a phenomenal voice and like, he did a good job. Not, I'm not trying to knock him like that. I just instantly, when I saw his voice, I don't know why it's like, or not saw his voice, saw his face. It makes me think of, um, I'm going to mess it up. The Shaylee Woodley teen divergent. It makes me think of like, yeah. when he played <laughs> the, the, like the little wussy brother uh, that like, like I think it was a tattletale or something. And I don't know where I'm just like, Oh, that guy. And I'm like, what? no. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I, it's just one of those where you can't get past it and nothing against him. It's kind of in the same sense that until Kiefer Sutherland plays Jack Bauer, you know, I just always assume he's a racist and not a nice guy. And then he plays Jack Bauer and I'm like, man, Kiefer, he's the best. <laughs> just had to get me out of it. But uh, yeah, Kiefer just, he was always playing that, uh, that racist KKK guy ever since the time to kill it felt like. So I know stand by me. Yeah. He was just or lost boys. He was not lost a dude boys, that you yeah. wanted to sit down and have a beer with. No, it always just seemed like he was racist or a rapist or just this bully. And I was like, that's just like, you know what? I'm like, man, maybe he was typecaster for a while. But yeah, once he got out of that with, uh, like I said, Jack Power, then I'm like, all right, Jack Power knows what he's doing. So, <laughs> all right. Hey, let's get into the topic of the night. Let's uh, let's oh, talk real sports quick. movies a little bit. Yeah, what's up? I'm going to. I have to sell you on one more Oscar movie and then we'll oh, yeah. we'll save the rest because I, I think the guys might want to talk about it, too. But did you see um, Power of the Dog? I did. And I want you to try to sell me on it. Yeah. Oh, you didn't like it. Uh, well, you go first. <laughs> OK, so here's what like it started. And I was <laughs> so I'll preface it by Mickey started watching it before me and she tapped out and I was like, oh, what happened? You didn't like it. And she was like, yeah, I mean, it was really slow. Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of an asshole, but I, you're going to love it. <laughs> I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, well, OK, at least she knows you, man. Um, I guess. So, yeah, I was I started it and I was it was a little slow. I knew they were setting stu- stuff up and he not a likable guy. Um, you know, even Sherlock has his charm when he's doing Sherlock. And um, so but once it got going and once they kind of introduced uh, Cody Smith McPhee's character and um, he, just the surprises that come with him. I, I I didn't know where the movie was going and I think that's what I loved about it. And then when the ending came, I was like, no way. Like I kind of called it before it happened, but I didn't think they were going to go there. And I was so pumped. I was like, yes, that was so gangster, so Western. So I, for me, it really paid off. I, I loved all the you know, the shots of, I don't know if they were actually, I think they were in New Zealand. I think they shot in New Zealand. 
Um, but that, for me, it really worked. I thought Cumberbatch was so good. I think it might be one of his best movies. But what did you not like? Yeah, I was going to say everything you said I did enjoy, like Cumberbatch killed it. Um, and even the shots of the rolling hills, clouds, all that kind of stuff like that all played and was very, very pretty to watch and enjoyable. I think I'm uh, with Mickey on the sense that uh, it was very slow for me. Um, and I think I I don't know, like some movies I do like are the slow play of like, OK, what's going to happen and not knowing like where I like feel invested. I'm white knuckling it a bit and just going like feeling uncomfortable. And this one, like, I just was like, oh, I think maybe it was just because I was like, I feel like I kind of guessed where it might have been going. Um, and uh, and so I don't know. I just felt like it was pretty slow for me. Um, it's not one I need to watch again anytime soon. Uh, but not to say that it wasn't well done. I just think the storyline um, and a big factor for me on a lot of things. And this is just me personally, but I talked about my love of movie scores and I think music drives movies so well for me. Like, so even if it's a slow movie, I can get behind it a little bit. And I thought the music in this was so bad. <laughs> Minus his, uh, his like, not, not fiddle. What did he, banjo playing? His banjo playing was pretty yeah. Um, But yeah, I think that was a, a part of it for me too, where like it, it felt slow and then the music felt slow and it just, I couldn't get, um, I mean, I watched the whole thing. I didn't bail out. I didn't fall asleep, but uh, it just, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest of picks as far as the list for Oscars go. I'd probably go on the, you know, if there's 10 choices, it's definitely between eight, nine and 10 for me. Okay. See, I like that we're split because I think a lot of what you said is fair. Cause like it, it felt like your classic highbrow Oscars nomination, you know, everyone's putting in their Oscar performance. Like they know it's going to be an Academy award nominated film before they've even wrapped the movie kind of thing. And right, usually, yeah. Usually I'm not down for these. And, and again, like like you, I probably won't watch it every year. I You know, I might come back to it in five years or whatever. But for whatever reason, it just I was so hooked into what was going to happen next. I don't know why, because like I said, usually movies like this don't do it for me. But for some reason, I, I was just worried about that kid. And I was like, oh, man, is he going to make it out of here? All right. Is he going to get to medical school? How's this going to go? So, yeah, I, I whatever it was worked and it usually doesn't. Right. And well, and I, and I don't know, I'm excited about your challenge towards me because now I think like, uh, you know, in the year, all of a sudden, like, I'm not feeling great. I'm like, I'm just going to lay on the couch. Or I'm going to watch some Netflix and then I'm going to see Power of the Dog because it's a Netflix movie and go, all right, let's give it one more try. Or I'll think that, hey, this will be a great go to sleep movie because I know how slow it is. And then I'm going to slowly watch it and be like, God dang it. Jamie was right. This movie's great. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, all right, let's uh, jump into a little bit of sports conversation here. So um, I was just having a conversation with a guy at work about like what uh, his top five favorite sports movies were. And like we were kind of going back and forth. I didn't have any right off the top of my head um, for this, but uh, I don't know. I can throw up my list first or you can go out with yours, uh, whatever you want to do here. Um, you go first, James. I have I have a little bit of a list and then we can see where we overlap. And I, I see a little bit of your list down below, and I think it's interesting because I see so many comedies in there <laughs> that I'm like, yeah, man, that's not where my head went with sports movies. So I feel like with a great sports movie, um, for me, it does uh, it has a couple things for me. It's one like for me in sports, like you are all in on sports regardless, like not just movies like you love uh, sports. You have your own sports podcast going on. Uh, and so me, I enjoy watching them. 
I don't choose to watch them, nor do I care who wins. That's my kind of thing. So you get me at a baseball game or a football game, I'm on board with hanging out with people and being outside and watching the game. Um, I just don't care who wins or loses in that situation. So for me with the sports movies, uh, I kind of go with how did, uh, how does this movie get me invested in something I didn't necessarily care about before? So to start my list, I'll just start with Ford versus Ferrari. I could care less about NASCAR. Did I like going to the Daytona 500 one year? Yeah, because my girlfriend at the time got tickets and it was fun, but I just don't care who wins. Um, and I guess I might be mixing this up because uh, NASCAR and like what is F1 uh, or am I, am I saying is that the right term? Yeah, Formula or, One. Also Formula known as one. F1. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. As I said it, I was like F0. And I'm like, no, that's that. That's that. Uh, <laughs> 64 game or Super Nintendo game. That's Captain um, Falcon. Oh, there we go. <laughs> good, good reference. Um, so, yeah, I think Formula One is more what uh, Ford versus Ferrari is probably all about. But uh, so Ford versus Ferrari, I thought was super enjoyable, um, well written and well uh, shot, all that. Uh, Moneyball, uh, again, so we were talking, I'm all in on anything Aaron Sorkin, and that was one that was written by him. Uh, draft Day, uh, I. I'm a sucker for uh, Kevin Costner as well uh, when it comes to movies. So I really like this one. I thought it was quick and witty and like the um, it was very it seemed like high energy for something that I shouldn't care about. But the good news is, is none of us should care because all the players uh, were made up. It wasn't based like on a true story or anything. So just a lot of fun with that one. Uh, Miracle based on a true story. So I did like that. And then I grouped my um, my uh, fighting movies together. Uh, so because I was thinking, I'm like, man, I don't know why, but I'm a sucker for a good boxing movie where like there's a comeback story and all this kind of stuff. So I went with Warrior, uh, which is more of a, I think, MMA type fighting uh, real steel where it's robots boxing, which I considered sports. And then in the future uh, and then Cinderella Man um, with uh, Russell Crowe, um, also based on a true story of a boxer. Um, but yeah, something about those types of movies, even Southpaw, like I, I just get all in on those. I don't know why it just gets me hyped up. I should probably watch more of those and then work out more. I think that'll be that my ticket. Um, but how about you, Jamie? I've got a light bag, James. Come over anytime you like. There we go. <laughs> um, did, have you seen the fighter? Uh, yeah. The Mark Wahlberg one. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Um, I just remember, <laughs> yeah, I just remember, like, Christian Bale, like, didn't he do that right after Batman and then had to, like, lose, like, 90 pounds of muscle? Or maybe it was he did that and then did Batman and had to gain it back. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, that uh, I do remember enjoying that movie. I just haven't watched that one in a long time. Yeah, it's, I, I think that was one that I saw, and I feel like we talked about it on the show, that I watched and I was like, did I just watch one of my favorite movies of all time? I love it when that happens. Oh, I, yeah. No, that's a great I, feeling. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. So I, I think if I had to pick a boxing movie, if I wasn't going to pick Rocky, I would probably go with The Fighter. Um, but for my list, you're you're right. There's a lot of comedies on here. Um, and in no particular order and a lot of hockey movies. So I will plug Red Army, which is a documentary and kind, kind of topical. It's about... Um, the Russian ice hockey team. I'm trying to get the year right here. It's, I think it was the late eighties team into the early nineties and it kind of profiles the players and um, they talk about what it means to play hockey in Russia and how kind of effectively, you know, 
if, if you're an athlete there, you're an agent of the state, which is not true at all for U.S. athletes, um, particularly NHL players. And just kind of fascinating to see that the stakes are a lot higher there um, because, you know, their training is so much more intensive. And if they lose, the consequences are a lot more severe. And um, it talks about the, I think it was like the 94 to 96 era Detroit Red Wings and how that organization was the first to figure out, um, because Russian players had played in the NHL, but not extensively. And that was, I think, like the first super team of Russians where they kind of took a chance on these guys. And rather than sprinkle them in with, you know, a bunch of like US players, Canadian players, Finnish players, whatever, they had like all Russian lines because these guys all knew how to play together. And it was a different style of hockey. But, you know, they were incredible. I think like um, Sergei Fedorov, I'm trying to remember all the guys who were in there. I'd I'd have to go back and check the list, but really fascinating look into um, kind of how that sport is played across the pond in a nation that hasn't always been as friendly with the United States, just kind of what hockey means to them and what playing hockey in the United States means to them. So if anyone has a chance to see Red Army, I had to buy the Blu-ray because I didn't see it anywhere. Um, But check that one out um so, so you said it was mid 80s to early 90s you think like so because when I, I said uh so one of my favorites and i think it's on your list uh miracle like yeah. it took place in like what 80 i want to say um, 1980 yeah yeah and so like is that kind of like part of that team that they played is also considered the red army at that time or like there's a like you said like there's like almost a strict like five to ten year span where these guys just were crushing it or the that's, documentary just takes place during the, this time, I guess. That's such a good question because I, I think that there may have been some players that I, I think most of them were too old at that time, though. It was. Um, oh, OK. So the the big um, player that they profiled was Slava Fatisov. Um, so he was a Soviet Union ice hockey captain. And I'm pulling him up to see when he played. Um so Fatisov was, da, 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 da. oh shoot, I'm not seeing it. Um, okay, so CSK Moscow, 76 to 89. So he played on the junior teams. Um, he may have been in the Olympics. I don't want to say that for sure, though, because I don't see it here. Um, okay, yeah, he was on the Olympic team. Um, they won the silver medal, the 1980 Olympics. So yes, he, he was at Lake Placid with the team. Okay, so then he won silver, therefore he was murdered <laughs> no Is no that, he, he survived like, like uh just uh, i'm curious in, in that documentary when they say that they were uh, like um uh, i can't remember what you called it people of the state or whatnot like so what happens when they lose like what you made it sound like something like i just and i don't know if it or, was or as diabolical as like we're we gonna hurt about it <laughs> I, I think a lot of it was we don't talk about it but i i, I just think that there was so much national pride there and the stakes were so higher because you know russia didn't have as much in that time as other countries and so i think the national shame factor was a lot higher than it may have been in other countries and they were so good you know it's one of those things like they're not used to losing and that team was so good so i I just think in that regard the stakes were a lot higher um, and that was, you know, when the Soviet Union was kind of coming to a close. So what does it mean for our country long term kind of thing? And um, yeah, he was part of the 
the Russian five was the nickname uh, given to the players that played for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, let's see. Fedorov and Konstantinov, Slava Kozlov. I have a couple of his hockey cards. Then Fetisov and Larionov. So, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone has a chance to watch it. It's painting a far clearer picture than I am right now because it's been so long like I've, since I've seen it. Well, you did um, a great job. You definitely sold me. I definitely <laughs> want to take a look at this. Also, yeah. whenever you say thing, you know, just because it's you, I think, and saying Soviet Russia, I think when Soviet Russia car drive you, car drive you, <laughs> hockey play you. Um, <laughs> uh, so yes, Red Army number one or number five. Like I said, no particular order. Um, Caddyshack, if we're counting that as a sports movie. Why you know, the, the first not? one I, I the first <laughs> one I can get on board. The second one, Caddyshack Two, n- absolutely not. <laughs> I skipped it. I'll be honest. Oh man, it's yeah, it's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, okay. I, I did it for a lot of people. I'll just let you everybody know it's a letdown and it's a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I I will say Moneyball too. That's one of my favorite movies. It's one of those I could just watch anytime, any place. Like, oh great, Brad Pitt's running the A's. Let's go. Right. And it's funny, like, as I don't know, often with these sports movies based on true stories, like I don't uh, like it's, oh, I might know a little bit about it or I've heard of what was happening. Like, so with the Moneyball, I remember I remember when the A's were going through their streak, like I and again, it was one of those I wasn't watching it on TV, nor did I care. But I remember going to school and people like talking about it and hearing about it or it was on the news about, oh, they won one one They won one more and all that. So. Uh, it was kind of interesting to me. They're going like, oh, like this was happening while I was alive. That's always a fun fact or a fun thing to um, see. Um, yeah. And then I, I'm i sorry, you said, uh, did you say goon earlier? I see it on here. <laughs> yeah, I have Dude, goon on here. <laughs> goon, like, I feel like that was one of the first movies that um, I watched when I got like a Netflix subscription, not, like beyond the DVD subscription, like when it was first streaming. And I think mm-hmm. goon was like one of them that was in there and. Um, I love Stifler, so I was like, okay, I'll give it a whirl. And I was so shocked how much I loved this movie. It was so much fun. <laughs> and I didn't, and I and I realized there's a Goon 2, but I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's Goon 2 is like a Rocky movie because Leave Schreiber's in it and he's he's in the first one too. He plays Ross Ray, um yeah. the the enforcer on the other team, and he's kind of you know, on his uh, swan song tour, you know, he's old, he's aging out of the league. There's guys in the league who are younger, tougher, stronger than him. And he's kind of got to prove that he's still the top dog. Um, it's, it's a bit more vulgar, a bit bloodier, but it still kind of okay. has that goon spirit that yeah, in leave Schreiber so good. So this, yeah, if you can catch it, was it a written and directed by that same dude? Or I mean, maybe he didn't direct it, but uh, Jay Brochelle or whatnot. I think he wrote the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah. He wrote the first one. He directed the second one. He's a, he's Canadian and he's a huge hockey fan. Yeah. For those who don't know, he's the voice of Hiccup in uh, the How to Train Your Dragon movies. James's favorite franchise. I love that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh, let's see. Um, Dragon writing. Man, I should have put that in my sports Damn it. No, right? Um, yeah, my number one's Miracle. Anytime I just want to watch a rah-rah USA movie or a rah-rah hockey movie or both or a good Kurt Russell movie, I mean, Miracle has it all. It really, like, the way that movie is shot, it's incredible. And it's, it's yeah, it's really good. I'd agree with you on everything you just said. I think that when, uh, 
I find myself when I'm like, okay, I need a pick me up or a sports movie or just like, all right, I want the team to win. And like, I keep thinking like, I'm going to put on Remember the Titans. I haven't watched Remember the Titans since like high school. And then it, every single time I'm like, or I could watch Miracle <laughs> and I watch Miracle instead. So I don't know. Something I about know. that movie. Yeah. Miracle edges Titans for me. Remember the Titans is on there. I mean, because of course it is. It's so good. But I, I agree with you. It's. And maybe it's just the hockey thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's a hockey thing. Maybe it's the big north uh, part of us that wants to watch and see a U of M hockey coach do his thing. Like, I don't know. Uh, it's I think it's awesome. Um, and then out of curiosity, so I know you had Sandlot in there, and I like debated, do I put Sandlot on mine? But I wanted to be true to myself because I knew everybody would have Sandlot on their um, sports movie. Yeah. Home, but for me... I don't know about you. And I know my thing is I didn't watch Sandlot when it came out. Like Sandlot came to me later. It's kind of like Goonies in the sense where if you watch Goonies as a kid, like that is nostalgic. That is everything that you want in a movie. And me, I still love it, but I didn't watch Goonies till I was in like my twenties. So for me, like when I think of a childhood baseball movie, I want to watch little big league. I've never seen little big league. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So and that once again, another uh, Minnesota based movie where uh, a child uh, becomes the owner of the Minnesota Twins. Um, and then, of course, hilarity ensues in the sense of like rookie of the year, Sandlot type fashion. So um, I don't know. I think that's definitely one I recommend, Jamie, if you haven't. But again, that could be one where you watch that now and are like, uh uh-uh, uh, it's no good, which I think Sandlot is a movie that I know still holds up, like even watching it as late as I did. I agree. And while there's a ton of baseball in Sandlot, that still feels like I wouldn't maybe it's not a pure sports movie. It feels more of like a coming of age summer hang kind of movie. It's 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 got more of like a like a stand by me vibe to yeah. me than less murder, more fun. <laughs> less murder, more fun. Yeah. <laughs> Come watch Sandlot. <laughs> yeah. Well, and for me, grow, growing up, um, you know, as a redheaded chubby kid in middle school, I I got called Hamilton Porter more than once. So <laughs> it's like, damn it. I look nothing like him, but whatever. I could be the great Hamby, you know? Oh man. Where did, uh, he went from Sandlot to, what was his next one? It wasn't lady bugs. The big green, big he green was the goalie. Yeah. yeah. Big green. Yeah. I mean, that was a, I mean, that was a good time for kid sports movies though. Like I think the Sandlot must've done really well. And then we threw out all of these different sports movies at us. So like, I think that's when, what was little it? Giants. giants? No, little giants. Yep. Uh, ice, ice box. Do you think she still's got it? Oh, man, I bet, <laughs> she still I got know. it. I bet she yeah. does. Just as much as Wendy Peppercorn still's got it. Al Bundy, Rick Moranis. Yeah, I think you're right. The '90s were peak uh, sports kids movie. Mighty Ducks. I mean, we'd be oh, ducks. Did you watch the TV show on Disney Plus? I did. It was fine. Okay. I had a guy at work that was like. Every he kept on trying to get me to watch it where every week, um, because I'm guessing it episode it had like one episode every Tuesday kind of thing. And he was just like, hey, did you watch it? Like, did you love when this happened? Did you love when this person showed up? And I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But, <laughs> uh, but he was enjoying it. I think it was again, he was about our age. So the nostalgia of it all came out. Uh, and I should have probably watched it because I love everything that Lauren Graham does. Yeah, she she's great in it. It's um, yeah. Emilio comes back. It's. I, it was just a little too rote and predictable for my standards, but I mean, it, it was, it was enjoyable, you know, it's for kids. So it was, yeah. it was good. 
it was good. I, however, the the original one still really holds up. I watched that again not too long ago, and I was like, "Oh man, is that <laughs> are the nostalgia goggles going to tinge this for me?" But that's it's still such a good movie because I think the best scenes are just the kids being shitheads around the streets of St. Paul and Minneapolis. You know that never right. gets old. No, of course not. I mean, and uh, my thing was. It still holds up. I'll give you that. But I needed to get past the part where Gordon Bombay gets a DUI and then his like penance is you got to go coach the Ducks. And I'm I like, know. I'm like, OK, this. But the thing is, like, I don't know how this is probably pretty plausible. Early 90s. <laughs> like maybe maybe that's how it happened. It was a, just a slap on the wrist kind of thing. But well, um, James, th- when you consider that just next door in the fair state of Wisconsin, your first DUI is basically a, a gimme. You know, it's I think it's just a misdemeanor. It's not that crazy. Oh, really? Like, I guess I didn't know that. I don't know. I just feel like it's got such a such a thing these days where it's like, like, hey, asshole, don't do this. <laughs> so, right. Where like in the 90s, it was like, oh, you <laughs> pointing a finger. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. It just seemed like I remember watching it a couple of years like back and seeing that. And I was like, I'm like, oh, my God, as a kid, I, I clearly had no clue what was happening there. But that again. Brings us back to Pretty Woman once again. No idea what that prostitute was really up to. But, She's just trying oh, to just, make a living. Just trying to make a living. But me and my blinders on, man. Yeah. I got one more honorable mention for you. Did you ever, keeping with your racing theme, did you ever see Rush? Yes. Uh, I think that was, Ron Howard did that one, I think. Yep. Yeah, I did watch that one. Um, I... I don't remember if I, it didn't stick in my mind. I did see it, but I don't remember if I liked it too much. Uh, why don't you tell me a little bit more, though? You, you liked it? Oh, I loved it at the time. I, I Man, I can't remember if I saw that in the theater or not, but I just remember really thinking that the way he shot it, I, I felt like I was on the racetrack with the drivers. And it's yeah, it's Chris Hemsworth and Daniel Bruhl. They play Nikki Lauda and James Hunt, respectively. Right. And I, I wonder, too, with like the F1 thing coming back and being popular right in the united states with the um netflix documentary and whatnot if i don't know if this movie might get a second life i wouldn't be surprised if it did um no i thought it was really good uh both i'll have to give this one another i'll have to give it another whirl because i i definitely it's one that i don't remember as well and i don't know if that was because i wasn't in the mood or what but um i definitely need to give it another try um and then as far as like us going with honorable mentions um like i said i am a sucker for the fighting or boxing movies and have you watched the creed series yes well i i don't think i've seen creed 2 but i loved creed oh man if you liked creed like you're gonna love creed 2 like yeah i'm like i'm totally bought in with michael b jordan's character in this um i think it's really really well done and uh i think i read that they're gonna be doing a third which uh made me extremely happy and i think actually i think they're doing a third and i think he's gonna direct it uh so which would be kind of fun oh that'd be great uh, yeah, so no, there's a lot of good sports movies out there. I think I think the the good thing about the sports movies is it's uh, typically <laughs> we want to make the audience happy, so like we kind of take all these underdogs type stories and we make them super fun, enjoyable, and we're rooting for the little guy. And it, I think that's what happens in a lot of the movies that we kind of threw on this list here, um, which makes them super enjoyable. So yeah, yeah. How long until you think we get the? Uh... 2016 or was it 20 the 2018 john schuster and the american curling team story <laughs> oh my gosh I, I mean it's weird i want to say like i know nothing about the story you're about to tell me or talk about and then uh 
But it seemed like every time I turned to the Olympics this year, um, whether it was just on TV or whatever, it was always curling. And I don't know why we don't have more kind of like if we go to the uh, pinstripes in uh, Edina, they have like the indoor bocce. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know why we don't have indoor curling uh, places like attached like to almost like bowling. Um, maybe the upkeep isn't enough or maybe it's, a, I mean, clearly it's a lot harder than I think just bowling is. <laughs> so maybe it wouldn't be as enjoyable to do with a couple um, appetizers and whatnot. Right. It's gotta be the ice thing. It's, it's one of it's, yeah, it's probably ice access. It's one of the most frustrating things about, um, being a swimmer. I, I wouldn't call myself a swimmer, but I like to swim. And one of the most annoying things is trying to find open swim anywhere. It's like, yeah, we have open swim from, uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays from seven thirty in the morning to, uh, 8 AM. Does that work for you? <laughs> no. And tip- and I was gonna say, and then typically during open swim is when, um, an older generation might be lifting weights in water and like exactly. you know, aerobics or whatnot. Yeah. You got to deal with water aerobics. And then if you go late, you got to deal with swim team and the dive team. It's just untenable. Yep. Oh man. I, I feel you. That, that, that's, that's a hard thing to get to. It's rough. Um, if only there were just several bodies of water nearby, just 10,000 <laughs> or so of them that were available just to swim in. If only, uh, but I guess uh, for now you'll have to just wait till there's an open swim at the local high school. Womp womp womp. Womp womp. All right. Anything else, Jamie? Did we do it? I think we did it. Woo! To Jamie's do maker, right? So. <laughs> Before we go, we want to thank you for downloading this episode of Movie Time Machine. Remember, new episodes drop on Mondays. You can message and follow us on Twitter at Movie Machine Pod. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time.